the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. I've been reading a lot of history. I've been reading a lot of philosophy. I've been reading a lot of uh, Jesus. I've been, I've been reading a lot. Trying to figure out, how the hell did we get here? Now, I, I know the progressive era. I know the movement of postmodernism. I know history, so I know where we're headed. But what happened? How is it so many people just don't care about facts anymore? What is, th- what is that? I believe we have come to the end of the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment was uh, a period in the 1700s that uh, was the, the death of religion and the death of the king. It was the death of people ruling over other people. Because people had an opportunity to read, to think, to pray, to read their Bible, to listen to science. And so they, they said, no more nonsense. No more nonsense. No more, no more people telling me I am your king because God told me I was your king. Well, I can't sense that. I, I can't feel that. I can't taste that. I can't see it, hear it, smell it. I'm not going to buy into that because it's nonsense. And so we put an end to nonsense and we came to common sense. There is something in all of us called common sense. And we're going to base our lives on common sense and the search for truth. Being right isn't the important thing. The actual search for truth is the important thing. And we're not going to take the truth handed down to us from some king, from some priest. We're going to find it ourselves. That was the enlightenment. Fix reason firmly in her seat and question with boldness even the very existence of God. For if there be a God, he must surely rather honest questions over blindfolded fear. Tell me the last time you saw an honest question come out of somebody on TV. Tell me the last time you saw an honest question being uttered by a politician. I mean, when I say honest question, I mean one where the person is actually seeking the truth and it could change their mind. They're willing to ask a question where if the person on the other side has a really great answer, they might say, huh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I've never thought of it that way. I can't respond to that right now. I might have to get back to you. When's the last time you saw that? That's the spirit of the Enlightenment. That is what set America apart. But we have replaced our churches with our parties. 
with our ideological dogma. We have replaced our church and our God with the planet and global warming. Fix reason firmly in her seat. Is global warming happening? Well, it was for a while because I can read a thermometer. 0.7 degrees in the last 100 years. So is global warming happening? Well, it was. Yes. Now, no. Will it start again? Maybe. Do I believe in global warming? Let me check the thermometers. It's pretty easy. Do I believe that it's man-made? I don't know. I, my reason tells me that you can't just trash the sky and the water and the, and the, the forests and the land and everything. Just trash it and everything's going to be great. So, yeah, I think man does affect the planet. Does he, does he affect it enough with, with CO2, something that trees breathe, something that plants breathe? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so. I've seen the science. You can make a case. I think you can make a stronger case the other way. $14 trillion to fight it. Does any of it work? No. If you believe in CO2, well, then common sense would say that you need to stop eating all animals. Stop eating farm animals. If you stop eating beef, you will do more to help, quote, the planet than getting rid of all of the cars and everything else combined. It is the biggest factor. So if you fix reason firmly in her seat, I'll have a conversation with somebody who believes in global warming. I'm going to have a hard time if it's your religion. But if you're opened to a rational conversation and you're a vegetarian, a vegan, I'm cool. Okay, at least you're consistent. Now, let's have a discussion. But I will not listen to somebody who has burger breath and telling me that we are we are five years away from not being able to turn things around. You should be going after the the meat industry, not the car industry, if that's what you believe. Let's try this one. If you believe that we have to stop children from picking up sticks and pretending that it's a gun, that we must stop, in fact, you've gone so far to classify finger guns, which all kids have played with forever, that we have to fix our society because we are teaching our kids to be violent with the class two look-alike firearm that is now in the code book as a finger gun. You know, like you used to as a kid. That's a class two look-alike finger gun. 
okay, all right, you believe that that is so dangerous that our kids are pointing their fingers at one another that that teaches them to be violent. Well, I'm, I don't believe that, but I am with you if, if you are leading the way in Hollywood to stop all violence in movies. Because certainly, if a kid points his finger with a finger gun, <laughs> that's training him. Certainly, watching all that violence with big, impressive stars has got to be doing something. And God forbid, Hollywood, let's talk about gamings, where we can gaming our kids can be in virtual reality with a machine gun. They can be a sniper and shooting people in the head. And you don't want to have a conversation about that at all. What are you? Oh, you just what are you? Some Neanderthal? Oh, yeah. Like the games are making it. Do. Wait, the class two lookalike finger gun that does. But games don't. I can't have a conversation with you. I cannot have a conversation with you. This is the problem. There are two Americas and it is not left and right. It is those who are willing to engage in logical conversation and actual thinking and those who want to do common core two plus two equals five. If you can show me how you got there. You want to ban all guns. Let's think this through. We're the only country on earth that has the right to bear arms in the Constitution. So to get all guns taken away, to get ARs, ARs have been around since Vietnam. Why is it that all of a sudden we're having shooting with AR? Why are ARs a problem now? They weren't a problem in the 70s, but they are suddenly now. If you fix reason firmly in her seat, that will tell you something has changed within us, not the gun. However, you want to take away all guns. That will take you possibly a civil war, but it will take you years to get that done. But you want to make sure that we we never have this problem in school again. Okay. Well, then we probably shouldn't start with the guns. We can talk about that as long as we fix reason firmly in our seat. But are you aware that out of all of the mass shootings since 1950, all of them, only two have happened in a place where people can carry guns? 98.9% of all mass shootings in America have happened in a gun-free zone. That should tell you something. How about this one? I don't want my kids living in a prison. Well, I don't want my kids living in a prison either. Well, that's what it'll be if you have armed guards around our schools. A prison? I don't know. I've, I've gone to a football game recently. They, they practically gave me an anal cavity search. It's a football game. 
I didn't feel like I was living in a prison. I go travel at the airport. That's pretty intense. I don't feel like the airport is a prison. I feel it's nonsense, but I don't feel like it's a prison. I go to mega churches. Mega churches have security everywhere, armed personnel. I don't feel like that's a prison. I go to a concert. They check my wife's bag. I walk through a metal detector. I'm wanted. I don't feel like the concert is a prison. I go to a bank. There's armed guards there, cameras everywhere, alarm systems. I don't feel like I'm in a prison. I feel like I'm in a bank. Why is it we protect everything? We make sure you're wanted for everything. But God forbid we do that to protect our children. Is the stuff in a bank worth more than your child? Is a concert a higher priority to protect than our children in schools everywhere across the country? I'm just trying to just trying to figure out what we're actually trying to accomplish here. Because I don't think I don't think we're actually trying to accomplish anything except win. That's it. We're not actually trying to solve a problem. Both sides just want to be right. That's it. They just want to make sure that we get guns off the street because they're right. No. No, I don't think that's been decided except for you in your mass. In your in your church service, wherever you hold that strange, I hate the Second Amendment church service, wherever you hold that ceremony, that's what you've decided. Now, I don't know if we can pull you out of your church long enough to fix reason firmly in her seat. But the problem with our country is that we have officially, officially unpegged ourselves from the from the first principle of making this system this grand american experiment that man can rule himself we have unpegged we have drawn up the anchor and we have pulled out of the port of reason it is the enlightenment that gave this experience, this experiment, breath. It gave it life. Man cannot, cannot rule himself without reason. We're better than this. We know these things to be self-evident. We have just put on jerseys. I will tell you what I've told the NRA since the day I joined them. I don't join clubs. I don't join groups. The only two groups that I think I belong to, my church, and I question all the time. I'm in trouble all the time because I question all the time. Good. Same with the NRA. The minute they would violate and start to become a political source that was betraying the Second Amendment in any way, I'm done with it. That's the, that's the only reason. I don't join for the discounts. 
I joined the NRA because they stand to protect the Second Amendment. And they do it with reason. The problem is our society has unpegged from reason. I urge you today, fix reason firmly in her seat and question with boldness. Question to the point to where you're open to changing your mind. Ask honest questions. Because that's the only way we're going to save our children. And don't get me even started on that story about the girl, I think, used to be a girl. Now she's a boy, but she's wrestling girls. And now the girls are upset because it's a boy. I, I can't even figure it out. Remember the, um, the data breach at Equifax last September? The one that exposed Social Security numbers, names, and birth dates over 145 million customers? It is, uh, looks like there's more sensitive information that was exposed than first reported. What a surprise. Documents provided to a Senate committee reveal that tax IDs and driver's license details might have also been accessed. This can expose information that can be used by cyber criminals long after the breach. There are so many threats. Who is watching out for you? LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help you protect against the threats to your identity and your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. If you have a problem, their agents are going to work to fix it. Nobody can stop all identity theft, all cyber theft, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions. But LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover the threats that you might miss. Call them now. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK and get 10% off your first year. That's promo code BECK for an extra 10%. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. I'm going to fix reason firmly in her seat and go over the uh, Jake Tapper and uh, the sheriff of Nottingham uh, and uh, and his uh, his interview. It was it was it was uh, quite amazing. If you haven't seen it, we're going to go over it here in just a second. Let me just give you one little highlight here. Go ahead, Sarah. Do you think that if the Broward Sheriff's Office had done things differently, this shooting might not have happened? Listen, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, uh, you know, uh, O.J. Simpson would still be in the record books. I don't know what that means. There's 17 dead people and there's a whole long list of things your department could have done differently. Man. Yeah. You know, I think this this is why I think Jake Tapper is one of the best uh, journalists out there. He'll piss you off one day and the very next day you'll be cheering for him. Um, It should show that maybe he's not as biased as 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 I am. You know what I mean? That once in a while, you know, you're like, oh, why would you say that? And but the very next day, he is asking the same person really tough questions. Yeah. And boy, did he ask this sheriff tough questions. Yes. The sheriff, pretty much every question that I had for him, every question I had um, and followed up on many of them as well. I yeah. mean, he and created a, a whole list of new questions. Uh, after the interview we should go through it because there was a lot there this guy is i don't know how he makes it through this with his job i don't know how this is a disaster 
we uh, we fix reason firmly in her seat and uh, and ask the sheriff some reasonable questions and really get tough answers back. Glenn, no answer. Back, Mercury. Another school shooting. The gunfire lasted less than 10 minutes, but this morning... Heavily armed with a bulletproof vest, loads of ammunition, and a powerful AR-15. Another debate about banning guns. Keep assault rifles out of the hands of people who are going to shoot our kids. I want this to be the catalyst, the end of the Second Amendment. Now, more than ever, you need to know the facts. Get Control, exposing the truth about guns on Amazon and wherever books are sold. All right, so uh, I am. I want to talk to you about this school shooting and where we go from here. But I, I want to do it with um, with this in mind. If it meant, if it meant that we could stop all shootings, would you consider an infringement on your Second Amendment right? If it meant. To me, the answer is yes, but I know the evidence shows that it doesn't work. So, no, no. If you could show me um, real evidence that this was an outdated mode of thinking and that, um, you know, we had somehow or another solved the reason why you should have guns in the first place, and that is uh, against tyranny um, and you need it for self-protection. Well, then you could talk me into it, but I, I, I've never seen that evidence. I've looked for that evidence, but I'm open to hearing new evidence. Share away. If you are on the other side and I could show you evidence that uh, we could do a few things beside not taking away guns and it was effective would you change your mind? Would you say, well, let's start there. And for both sides, if we could get to a place to where I could just say, look, you know, we want to have this gun debate. That's fine. But this is the one of the oldest debates in American history. Uh, what is a militia? So we're not going to solve this in the next couple of weeks. Do we all believe that more that, 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 that more shooting is coming? I think it's safe to say, yes, we all know that. Okay, so what are we going to do to solve it? Well, the first thing is, what can we learn from this shooting? What can we learn from the last shooting? We learned from the last shooting in the church that, A, somebody who is just a civilian with a firearm can stop the shooting. But we also learned that the Air Force was not reporting people with mental health issues or issues with guns and domestic abuse to put them in the system that had to be changed now what have we learned on this one well i think one thing that we've learned is there's something wrong with this sheriff there's something wrong deeply wrong in broward county it's one thing to have one guy that stays out of the building and waits while the shooting is going on but there were four sheriff deputies he does he denies that he, although his denial has lots of qualifications, you know, qualifications uh-huh. to it, uh-huh. uh, which maybe we'll hear some of that here yes. in, in this interview. Uh, but I think, you know, there's also the thing of, you know, what do you learn from this mass shooting? 
And one of the things I think when you're leading up to the mass shooting is, is if every um, citizen in America has told you that one specific person is going to do a school shooting, that might be a time to uh, understand that perhaps that person is in danger of doing a school shooting. Maybe yeah. you should do something about that. When you have the number of reports and the number of altercations with this student that they did and the sheriff's department did nothing, that's a problem. That's a real problem. And that's easy to fix. Let's make sure that's not happening anyplace else. Let's discuss this and get to the bottom of it. Jake Tapper started unraveling this uh, this hero sheriff's story um, over the weekend. And let's start with why was there no report when they when they called and said he's going to be a school shooter. He's a school shooter in the making and he has access to guns. Why was there no report? Listen, fewer than three months ago, your office received a call from a tipster explicitly saying that the that Cruz could be a quote school shooter in the ma- making, according to notes released on that call. No report was even initiated at this point, sir. Do you understand how the public, seeing red flag after red flag after red flag, warning after warning after warning, they hear that your office didn't even initiate a report when they got a call saying that this guy could be a school shooter in the making? How could there not even be a report on this one? Well, if the, if that's accurate, Jake, there were there there needed to be a report, and that's what we're looking into. That a report needed to be uh, completed. It needed to be forwarded to our either Homeland Security or or Violent Crimes Unit, and and they would have followed up that's on it. That's from your or notes. That's need, from notes released the, by your office. I'm not I'm not making this up. This is from Broward. No, and that's and that's what that the the officer who handled that is on restrictive duty and we are that's an active internal investigation and we are looking into it okay so there's another person um under his command that has failed to do the job yet he wanted more law enforcement power that should always scare people what are you doing with the power that you do have but he's been asking for more power listen the whole crux of this is giving law enforcement, giving uh, deputies, giving police officers, not only in Broward County, but in Florida and around the nation, expanded power to be able to do something more than just write a report. That's the whole reason I went on CNN isn't, at the isn't town making, hall isn't, meeting. Sir, isn't I, making a threat against a school a crime? Not if it's uh, not if the person doesn't have the ability to carry it out. You could say uh, a, a non-specific threat. I'm going to go to a school or that. It's not a crime if the person doesn't have the apparent ability to carry it out. Well, it's not a crime. In September you, 2016, the shooter indicated he wanted to buy a gun. Deputy Peterson knew about that. He initiated a report. The school launched a threat assessment. At this point, you have somebody saying that they're going to shoot up a school and somebody with a gun. That's not enough. That's not enough. <laughs> that's not huh? enough. Huh. huh. And that's just one of the incidents. Of course, there's dozens. But I mean, huh? There, that's, is that true? Because uh, his first answer is, do they have the ability to carry it out? Yes. The, then he says, Wait, well, it has a gun. You're using reason. <laughs> okay, I'm going to. Yeah. Should I calm down? You should, should I, calm down. Stop using reason. Let's just jump on his side or against him, depending on what our religion tells us to do. That's true. I this, is, this is the problem. This is the problem. So reason would tell you, well, let's stop here. Let's stop here. Is that true? Now, we know that's not true. We know that's not true. There was a a paper trail very long uh, against this kid. So you obviously have enough power 
to make sure that he is not around guns, to make sure that he gets some sort of medical treatment, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it is. You may not be able to throw him in prison, but you certainly can restrict him with all of the stuff that we had. So we know that's not true. If it was true, that should be the first thing the sheriff is asking for right there. Here's specifics. I had 31, uh, you know, complaints against this guy. 19 of them we did exactly right. Okay, we'll get back to the others that you didn't get right. But on those 19, I couldn't do anything. And we knew he had a gun. We knew that he was holding it to people's heads. We knew that uh, he was threatening to shoot up the school. And we couldn't do anything. We know that's not true. But if it is true, or if it were true, that should be the first thing we work on, don't you think? Because there has to be other schools and other sheriffs that are facing the same thing. I know this kid is going to go and do something because of the 19 reports that we have, but I can't do anything. We should hear from those sheriffs. We should know. Let us help you protect the children. All right. Next cut. Uh, When did he know about Peterson? I love this one. When did you find out that Deputy Peterson had not gone into the building? How soon after the shooting did you know that? Uh, not for days. Uh, we, uh, How many our days? investigators looked. I'm not sure. Because you spent much of the Wednesday night town hall on CNN a commu- with the entire Stoneman Douglas community, students and teachers and parents, attacking the NRA, saying that police need more powers, more money to prevent future tragedies. You didn't disclose any of this to the crowd then, the Stoneman Douglas high school community, did you know it then? Did you know it Wednesday night? It was spoken about during that, uh, earlier during that day. I'm not on a timeline for TV or any news show. We need to get it right. We need to get it accurate. We're talking about people's lives. We're talking about a community. Uh, We need to corroborate. We need to verify. And once we did the next day, and I I looked at the tape, and I was 100% certain that it happened the way uh, I was told about, the investigators initially told me, told about, I didn't even release it right You didn't look at the video? One week after the shooting, you hadn't looked at the video yet? I looked at the video as soon as our investigators, uh, it wasn't my job to look at the video, it was investigators' job to look at the video. I'm still sheriffing this, 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 uh, this county. There were many things to do. We have investigators, homicide investigators, internal affairs investigators dissecting it. And when they felt it, uh, there was a video that, I, ready for my view, that I might take action on one of our deputies, I looked at the video. I mean, if you believe this guy hadn't seen that video, before that town hall in a, in a week's time then he's I, I, he needs to be dismissed as incompetent just for that i mean there's tons of things that i would love to sell you but the other thing is can you imagine forget it even if he saw the video he had, he tells you there that he knew about it going on stage can you imagine the balls to go on stage on national television and yell at dana lash and say that she's not standing up for these kids when you know that your deputy was actually not standing up. He was crouching behind a wall while people were being executed inside the school. Can you imagine the balls to go on television and not bring that up? Now listen to this. Listen to this idea. (laughs) That's incredible. Let's just fix reason firmly in her seat and let's just use his logic. He doesn't want to go on television because 
uh, it, 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 there, there's a crowd there. It's community. That's a community that is grieving. And he wants to make sure you just don't go in front of that community, in front of that crowd, unless he can verify everything. And he's 100% sure that that's what happened. So he was 100% sure that the NRA caused this shooting. He's 100% sure that it was the gun and not the kid. He was 100% sure, even though he had evidence presented to him that things could have been different if not one, but four of his deputies would have moved in. He was 100% sure that it was the NRA's fault. But he wouldn't bring anything. He wouldn't bring anything about his group unless he was 100% sure. And he just wasn't. He wasn't there. But he was so sure that the people who weren't there were at fault. I, I, don't, I, don't, under, I don't understand that. That he, doesn't seem like you're really doing an investigation. That seems like a witch hunt. Oh, and he didn't want to let that fact out in front of the families, in, in front of in a public forum. He wanted to do it one on one, Glenn. Yeah, oh, well, I, I wanted to make sure that was one on one. I know. Well, he did the very next morning in a press conference, so he didn't hmm. do it one on one. He just put it out in a press release, talked to reporters yeah, about talk it. Talked to reporters, but hmm. in this interview with Jake Tapper, one of the reasons why he didn't do it was because he needed to. T- you just didn't tell people like that in a crowd or a, just a impersonal forum. You like the town hall, you needed to, you know, there was one parent that wasn't there and he wanted to make sure everybody was there so he could personally tell them. So all the parents were there at a press press release. Uh, No, that's interesting. No, it's strange. Isn't it? You let that crowd uh, attack Dana Lash, calling her a murderer and all these other terrible things. It was mob. It was a Christians and lions as you've been talking about it. I mean, absolute mob. And you knew as you were sitting on that stage and and making it worse by putting more blame on her and the NRA, you knew your own deputy, you were going to fire him the next day for dereliction of duty because he didn't go in there. You, your judgment of it is of his actions are so bad. And you don't even bring that up. And in fact, you make it worse. You make people go after her. You make her life be threatened. That is in, incomprehensible. If this guy makes it through this thing with his job, that is, I I don't even, there is absolutely no justice. I will tell you that during, during the town hall, during the town hall, CNN people wondered uh, if Dana and others had security to be able to get them out. They've started to worry about the guests' security. Wow. Wow. Huh. I know I felt that way, but it's strange to hear CNN might have felt that way, and yet they continued to go. Liberty Safe makes great safes, but now they also make it really easy to own one. They make this program possible, so thank you to Liberty Safes. LibertySafe.com. You can buy a Liberty Safe at a great price and receive 12 months interest-free payments with zero down and zero APR. They even offer Liberty Safes for as low as $20 a month. Liberty has been a client of mine for almost 10 years now, and... 
there is nothing like owning a liberty the peace of mind the lifetime warranty the in-home delivery service it is unmatched in the industry but it also is is a safe that we have seen in a california wildfire where everything burns down except for the chimney and the liberty safe open it up and everything is fine inside we have seen Liberty safes in the last 10 years picked up by a tornado and dropped a couple of blocks away and everything is fine. The safe is still closed. Liberty safe. They are the best built safes on the planet. So go there now. LibertySafe.com. That's LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. There is a lot wrong with this sheriff, and we are going to uh, go through our investigation uh, today at five o'clock. You don't want to you don't want to miss it. Uh, what, what are the things that just don't make sense here? And by the way, um, he was nailed for nepotism and hiring, you know, family members and uh, campaign people. Three hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars in uh, in cost adding so he could have his campaign people on staff. He's there's Glenn something wrong here. Back. Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. The modern era progressive insurrection is coming. The coming insurrection, something that we talked about about eight years ago, we saw this beginning of this movement in France. It's a political civil war fought within the Democratic Party's own house. I'm convinced that there are two there are two civil wars going on right now, and they're both happening in each of the parties. One is this this infiltration and takeover by the alt-right of the GOP and the Democratic Socialist takeover of the uh, the Democratic Party. On the one side, in the Democrats, let's just talk about the Democrats here. There's the new blood Democratic Socialists, basically just a you know PC and less scary way of saying socialists or Marxists. And on the other side, there is the establishment of Democrats. The new blood is now angry, and I think they're about to make their move. California may be the first battleground state. In a surprise and completely unexpected move, the California State Democratic Party decided not to endorse Senator Dianne Feinstein as she gears up campaigning for the 2018 midterms. Calling Feinstein a senior senator is a little misleading. Uh, She's entrenched and been the senior senator for, oh, I think about 150 years. She was... I believe she was talking about when she was running for governor uh, and how the last time she faced this was when she was running for governor. And that was in 1990, I believe. She was older than me today. She was older than I am today at that time in 1990. Feinstein represents everything that the new blood is angry about. In their eyes, she's a centrist, a Washington stooge, a corporate sellout. And they're tired of the status quo, the capitulation, the lack of direction. What is the Democratic platform right now? Really, what is it? Resistance? Opposition to Trump? That's not a direction. That's a spinning compass. And it is exactly the same position that the GOP found itself in 
after seven years of Obama. The establishment had no clue how to reach their base anymore. The one thing they knew everybody agreed on was Obamacare had to be stopped, and it was anyone but Hillary. Resistance to one thing and one person is not a platform, and this leads to disgruntled voters. Trump came along, and he listened to them, and the result was probably the most stunning upset in American political history. The radical progressives are the only voices on the left that are actually outlining any kind of action or agenda to quote Feinstein's newly endorsed opponent within her own party. It's not just about resistance. It's about real laws. And here's what they want. Open borders, a single payer healthcare system. They want a massive welfare state and they're tired of waiting for it to them. Just like we discussed years ago, In the book from France, The Coming Insurrection, the slow creep and eventual socialist takeover isn't working. That's what they were complaining about in France. It's taking too long. And I don't think you you people that we elected that promised us this utopian world are ever going to get there. I think it's all about you. And so in that book, the French were prepared to rise up and take it. Progressives, democratic socialists, whatever they're calling themselves these day, these days, they are coming for the incumbents, the people like Diane Feinstein. Whether she'll lose or not at this time, I don't know. But they are coming, and they're the only ones left with an actual plan. They're the only ones with an actual voice and message. Democrats are about to make a hard turn to the extreme left. What's going down in California, I believe, is just the beginning. It's Monday, February 26th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So today, I'm. Uh, we started the show with the uh, school shooting and this, this, this plea to uh, revive the Enlightenment, which, which is what the movement was that created this country. The idea that man can rule himself is being lost because man's proving the, the, the point that he can't. Because he has, he's given in to the, the religion of the day, our political ideology. And so we're changing positions. We're going back and forth. Nothing makes sense. Uh, there is no common sense anymore. When a class two lookalike firearm, a finger gun, can get somebody in trouble. Because that's teaching our kids to be violent. But Hollywood, nobody's even talking about that. Or gaming where you're in a virtual world with a gun and you're shooting people's heads off. Well, that's nothing to worry about. But a class two firearm, something's wrong. We have no reason. And I want to start focusing on people who are using reason and are are breaking the norms. People who are, oh, think of this, open to having their minds changed one way or another. I think journalism is in real trouble because we are we're just you know what you're going to read from whatever, you know, uh, news organization you go to. You would think reading Politico that Politico is um, on the left. I think most conservatives believe that. Uh, I'm not sure that they would agree with that. But the editor in chief of Politico magazine, uh, Blake Hounsell, is uh, a guy who has written a piece lately that I'm, I, I don't know if he's getting heat for saying, wait a minute, hang on just a second. 
I'm not so sure about this Donald Trump uh, collusion charge anymore. Yeah, Blake, uh, I'm interested in this piece because it's a it's a it's an interesting piece it's called uh, Confessions of a Russiagate Skeptic. And you point out that there are really serious questions that need to be answered and serious things that have happened uh, as they've gone through these investigations. But you bring up an, an interesting uh, point, which is something I think we've talked about a lot on the show. We weren't big Donald Trump fans here. Uh, uh, and um, But I kind of felt the same thing, that a lot of these claims about Russiagate and, and the outward intentional collusion with Russia may be overblown. Uh, can you go through kind of how you came to this conclusion? And I'd love to hear, too, uh, if you're getting pushback from people who do seem to have an investment in making sure that this is true. Sure. And, and thanks so much for having me on. It, this is uh, something I've been thinking about for a while as I watched some of the breathless coverage of the Russia scandal. And, you know, by the way, um, let me just say that I think that the Russian meddling in the election is a serious matter. And I think... So do we. we saw in, in so the do indictments. We. In the, thank you. Yeah. The indictments from uh, Mueller of the 13 Russians and the three Russian organizations. Um, they definitely uh, tried to mess with our democracy, yeah. and that is uh, serious business. The question is really whether Donald Trump was personally involved in cutting a deal with the Russians to help him win the election. And um, I'm skeptical for a number of reasons, one of which is that um, I watched the Trump campaign, and it was a mess. I mean, uh, it's certainly an achievement that they dispatched uh, a pretty strong Republican field, and um, they beat Hillary Clinton, who was, a, if not a formidable candidate, she certainly had a form formidable war chest and mm -hmm. uh, organs of the Democratic Party behind her. Um, but, you know, remember, this, this campaign was really disorganized. And I think um, Steve Bannon, of all people, said it best when he said, we couldn't even collude with the Republican National Committee, let alone the Russians. <laughs> 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 and from everything that we saw covering the campaign, I, I think that's true. Um, I mean, these guys couldn't, couldn't organize a two-car parade. And, um, and also, this is something I, I didn't mention in the piece, but I, I think it's worth noting. Um, they didn't expect to win. So if they were counting on this sweet deal with the Russians to get elected, um, why were they leaking, you know, in the weeks running up to November 8th that, uh, that, they, they, that they were going to lose? They were all looking for their next gig. Um, Trump was, you know, quietly working on Trump television. And from all, by all accounts, he was shocked that he actually won. Um, so I don't think that kind of thing squares with this notion that there was some, you know, secret collusion. You know, having said that, he certainly seemed open to the idea. Right. I mean, there was the, the Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr. where he said, you know, there's this crazy email from this British promoter who says, hey, you remember that thing about how the Russians are going to help your father get elected? I've got some dirt for you. And Don Jr. emails back, you know, if it's what you say it is, I love it, especially later in the summer. But then there's no follow-up as far as we can tell. You know, it's, it seems like it was a meeting um, on false pretenses by these people who were trying to get the um, Magnitsky Act sanctions lifted. Uh, and it's not clear what their connection was to the Russian government. Um, I think the, the Trump people were disappointed because they were expecting some, 
better dirt than they got, which was some stuff related to Bill Browder, who's a former hedge fund guy who's been uh, funding and leading these efforts to sanction the Russians because his lawyer was killed in mysterious circumstances uh, years ago in Russia. So it's murky, um, but I think people have really gotten ahead of their skis. So I think there are lots of reasons to doubt uh, a sort of strong version of the collusion argument. So, Blake, I, I think we're in lockstep on this. Um, I, I, too, believe that the uh, Russians, I don't know if they were trying to affect the election as much as they are trying to cause chaos and distrust. I mean, that's their own words. Um, they, they are trying to uh, pit us against each other and destroy us from within. I mean, the enemy has to come from within for us to really fall, if you believe Abraham Lincoln. A house divided itself against itself cannot stand. And we're doing a nice job at that. And uh, Yeah, we're we're doing great. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 doing that expertly. America's uh, number 1. Yeah, we're yeah. number 1 of that. Um the, the 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 do you see a willingness in the press to find the real answer? Uh, which to me is the real answer is uh, Russia is real trouble. And if we don't pay attention and we don't start doing things uh, that we need to do, they are going to get better at this uh, and, and, uh, and, 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 and hurt us as we did them in the 1980s and, and early 1990s. Um, do you see a willingness in the press on either side to stop making this about Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump and make this about the Russians and what they're trying to do to us? Well, I, you know, I think it's hard to generalize about the press. There's lots of reporters who are t- trying to dig into the facts of the investigation. And, you know, um, there's opinion folks that are trying to make uh, score political points on one side or the other all the time. Um, I, I do think there is like a real bipartisan concern out there about how to stop the Russians the next time around. Um, But nobody's really talking about the point that you made, which is that um, the reason they were able to have any success, and it's hard to say what kind of success they had and how how do we measure what the the impact of their efforts was. Um, We are so divided as a country. We're tearing each other apart every day. Um, People are sharing, you know, fake and misleading news all the time. And um, because the partisan divide has gotten so wide and so deep in this country, um, it's like child's play for a country like Russia to mm-hmm. come and manipulate us. I mean, when you see what they, when you, when you see what they did, they took positions I mean, on, on what, what is it, uh, right after the election, they did a not my president and a celebratory, you know, pro Donald Trump party, both in New York City. They took the side of the cops against Black Lives Matter and against the cops with Black Lives Matter. I mean, that's all they were trying to do is to get us to the extreme to argue with each other and hate each other. Yeah, and they, they, they're doing a bang up job of it. I mean, remember that. um People talk about how Michael Flynn went to that uh, Russia Today gala dinner in Moscow. Yeah. Well, guess who was there? Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate. Um, And she's never really adequately explained what she was doing there. Um, And then you have lots of evidence, including in the indictment, that the Russians were trying to help Bernie Sanders and boost his campaign during the election. Um, So, you know, you have to keep in mind that 
Vladimir Putin is a completely amoral guy. He doesn't really have an ideology other than Putinism. And, you know, he doesn't care whether he's supporting Republicans or Democrats or the Green Party or Libertarians or whoever. He just wants to cause chaos. Um, and, you know, it, it suited his purpose during the election to uh, help out Donald Trump. And then it suited his purposes after the election to boost the left and, and hurt Donald Trump. Um, this is a guy who only cares about power. And uh, frankly, you know, he's winning right now. How uh, Back to Stu's original question. Are you getting any pushback from the, you know, the politicos of the world, uh, so to speak, uh, that are, are uh, you know, in, want to make this the story of one side or the other, you know, Democrats, Republicans bad? Yeah, I mean, I was, I, you know, I was hesitant to write this, and I'd been thinking about it for a while uh, for exactly that reason, um, that I, I was afraid I was going to be accused of, um, you know, covering for Donald Trump or, you know, offering him support that he didn't deserve. And, um, you know, finally I just had to get it off my chest and, and say what I thought um, because, uh, you know, I, I think that people have gotten way out of control and beyond the facts on this. Um, yeah, I've gotten a, a fair amount of uh, respectful, not hateful uh, criticism on Twitter, uh, mostly from the left. Um, and so, and then there are people that are kind of welcoming me into one ideological side or another. <laughs> and I'm just trying to well, you know, call it straight. Right. Blake, we're not trying to welcome you into one side <laughs> or another. What we're trying to do is say thank you for saying something that we know probably cost you uh, because you believed it. Not, it's, not because we believe it, but because you believed it. Uh, we need more brave people to actually say what they think is right and take that risk. Thanks, Blake. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. You Thanks. Bet. And that's uh, Blake Hounshell, the uh, editor-in-chief of Politico. So it's a big deal when when something like this comes out. The article is Confessions of a Russiagate Skeptic. And I encourage you to read the whole thing because they go through piece by piece. Papadopoulos, Carter Page, uh, Michael Flynn, all the accusations and, and, and take them on in, in a way that I think is not expected by the rest of the media. So really interesting piece. We'll tweet it from Acklin Beck and that world of Stu. Courage is contagious. Markets are beginning to price for a potential interest rate hike in March. Another one is likely in June and a third one in December. Do you know that due to inflation, the American dollar has lost 11 percent since 2016? 11 percent. Wow. I mean, think about somebody taking 10 percent of your money and just throwing it away. That's that's what's happened because of the Fed and um, and inflation. So they're going to raise interest rates to try to, you know, curb inflation. Well, this proves all the more reason why it's really important to organize your finances so you can complete your new home purchase or your mortgage uh, refinance sooner rather than later. The lower the interest rate that you can lock into, the greater your savings. And now is the time. Please call the salary-based mortgage consultants. They're salary-based. They don't work for the bank. They work for you at American Financing. American Financing. Call them today at 800-906-2440. That's 800-906-2440. Please lock in these lower interest rates and do it now or online at AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 
Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Coming up in just a little while, we have John Lott. He is probably uh, the the best um, statistician, would you call him? Uh, statistician on uh, on guns. He is a co-author of uh, my book, Control, The Truth About Guns. Um, and we have him to come in and just let's let's fix reason firmly in her seat. And let's talk about the actual stats of guns and ARs and everything else. And let's base our life on facts, not on feelings. Uh, that's going to be hard to do in this in this world that is, you know, disconnected from reason. But let's at least stand our ground. And going back to a uh, quick on Blake Hounshell from Politico, again, point this out. This is a guy who is the editor in chief of Politico saying, hey, I don't know if there's really that much to a lot of the things that the media is emphasizing when it comes to the Russia thing. And I think it's important to highlight people from the left or from the mainstream media who come and say, hey, wait a minute, let's take let's take let's take a breath here. And let's, you know, let's maybe go push against what the rest of the media is saying. I know that when whenever we talk about Russia and say, hey, there is something here from Russia, we get pushed back from the bright parts of the world who say we're not, I don't know, being loyal enough to Donald Trump. And we haven't been, couldn't have been clearer that we don't think this is a Donald Trump issue. It's not. Um, it's important that I think we highlight those voices when they are out there. Uh, and you, again, you can read that at Glenn Becker at World of Stew on Twitter. Back in a second. Glenn Beck Mercury This is the Glenn Beck program. I want to continue the conversation we we were having before the break about courage. Have you noticed that courage is not rewarded? anymore courage is courage to speak your mind for instance uh we just had blake hounshell on uh, he was he's the editor-in-chief of politico now here's a guy who has pressure for clicks pressure from his peers pressure in this this world that he lives in of of groupthink Pressure in the world that he lives in of political power and posturing. And he says himself in the interview that he just did with us that he was he was concerned about saying, wait, I'm not sure there's anything to this Donald Trump collusion thing. Now, here's the editor in chief of the Politico. You'd think he wouldn't be afraid of anything. But he was afraid why? Because we've let our ideologies become our religion. Our religions, our actual religion, our churches are even answering to the higher power, and that is politics. We are all becoming members of the church of the GOP or the DNC. 
And just like all churches, man, we fight against each other. If you are a part of that church, you're going to hell. You're part of the devil. I've come to a place to where I just don't believe any of that. I just don't believe it. I, and you know what? If God is, if that's God, then I don't want any part of him. If God is this guy who is like, yeah, there's a really good person who's really trying to really be great, and he's following the faith that he finds honestly in his heart, and you're going to damn him to hell, I don't know what, I don't understand any of it then. I don't understand what I was supposed to learn from Jesus, if that's the truth. And I know that makes me a heretic. Good. Good. I'm not saying it's true. It's, 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 it's where I am. I don't know what truth is anymore. Because truth, truth is supposed to be verifiable. Everything else is faith. Truth is verifiable. And even truth can change when it comes to scientific truths. We, we take theories and we've made them into truth. I, you know, evolution? I don't think so, but I don't know. The Big Bang could be, but, but it's a theory. I don't know what happened before the Big Bang. What lit the fuse? What's first cause? I don't know. You don't know. We have to be able to have these conversations without damning each other. Jake Tapper, boy, I wish he, I wish he would have done, I wish he would have said more at the town hall, but I don't know what he could have said at the town hall. It, the problem was the town hall itself. CNN should not have put 4,000 grieving, angry people into an auditorium to have a reasoned, rational debate. It, it was d destined to be a, a bloodlust from the very beginning. Do I wish he would have said something? Yes, I do. But he didn't. Over the weekend, he did an unbelievable job of excoriating this sheriff when he had the facts. And he asked simple questions. I pointed this out over the weekend, and man, it's incredible. J Jake Tapper can do no th nothing right. A guy who was a hero of journalism to so many on the right just a few years ago when he pushed the administration up against the wall is now the devil himself. Why? Because he's asking tough questions of the administration? Isn't that what we want? I don't want someone who is asking easy questions of either side. I want the truth. You know, uh, the commanding voice, the voice that speaks little, 
But when it speaks, it has compelling moral authority. That's gone. We don't have that anymore. We have flattened every distinction out. We don't want anything different. We want uniformity. We want to all walk in lockstep. That's, that's, that's not who we are. Respect for the, for the noble, for the great, for the brave, for the rare, for the, for the man or woman that only appears every hundred or thousand years. That, that's gone. Respect is gone. Ask anybody. Who do you really respect? The answer will literally be nobody. Nothing. This is our age. The age of unrespecting. The age of mediocrity. That's not who we are. If you want to be a leader today, man... Even a mediocre leader is going to pull you down from every side. You're going to be shot at from every side. You are constantly and in every way from every side being pulled down. And let me ask you, do you know anybody alive today that's going to be remembered in a hundred years or a thousand years? Do you know Anybody? Do you know, have you, have you seen anyone that is, is living today that has the respect and the staying power of Plato or Aristotle or Paul, Augustine, Aquinas, Lincoln, Immanuel Kant, Bonhoeffer, Churchill, King? Do you see them? America, you are good. No matter where you're hearing my voice, you are good. Unfortunately, in today's world, it's not enough just to be good. You have to be good for something. What is it that you are contributing? What is it that you are that you are building? What good are you bringing to the world? Will it be said of you, the world was a better place because you were alive? You have to be good for something, and that good is something that you must spread to others. America is great because America was good and we spread it to others, not out of arrogance like we have in the last 120 years. But because what we created was good. We're living in a world of mediocrity. We are living in a world that is pushing strangely 
sameness and otherness. You are either with us or against us. You're either in lockstep on everything or nothing at all. Rise above it. Be better than that. Rise above mediocrity. Rise above indifference. Rise above the crowd. And when the whole crowd has turned their back on you, that's okay. At this time in history, the crowd is wrong. And if you ever see someone in that crowd turn for just a second, they turn and and they recognize common sense and they recognize common truths. Make sure you say to that person in the crowd, good for you. Yes, because if they begin to turn and you look at them and say, what good are you anyway? Where were you the rest of the time? They will never turn your way again. No matter if they spit on you, no matter if they hate you, it doesn't matter. The world has always hated those people. It's always hated the people who wouldn't go with the crowd. This is our greatest opportunity to really prove who we are and what we believe. Don't get tired, become committed. Screw your courage to the sticking place and stand for something. If you're hiring, every business needs great people, and there is a better way, easier way to find them. Something better than just posting your job online and then praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, invites them to apply to your job. They, um, they have these invitations that they have sent, uh, sent out, and they've revolutionized the way people find their next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the, through the site in the first day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applicants that you receive, so you never miss a great catch. They'll, they'll always highlight them and say, wait, 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 before you, have you seen this one? The right candidate is there. It's waiting for you. ZipRecruiter. It's how you're going to find them. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, you can post your job on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. So there's a story that I read uh, that I just can't figure out. I, I don't know how this is bad. Um, Donald Trump decorated the Oval Office with hand-me-downs from past presidents. 
He's in respect the office, Glenn. Oh, Jeez, I know. I, I can't know. believe that. This is one of the greatest stories. This makes me go, yeah, because I would not expect this from Donald Trump. This is a great Donald this Trump story. This is a great Donald Trump story. Uh, if you look at the, uh, the photos of the White House over the years, you'll find that Trump has just borrowed a number of design elements from his predecessors. Dwight Eisenhower and Jimmy Carter both uh, skipped redecorating that uh, follows a new president's ascension to the White House. Even Ronald Reagan didn't break out his interior design until his second term. Still, most modern presidents have redesigned the space to fit their own taste. I thought the whole thing would be dipped in gold by now. Okay? <laughs> That's what everyone said it was going to yeah. happen. So, He's going to put the, his name on the front of it. So remember when George Bush yeah. said the first question you get once you are elected president is you get a call from the White House, and they say, what do you want your rug to look like? <laughs> okay? I think Donald Trump's uh, uh, answer was, I don't know, is there an old one laying around? He's using Ronald Reagan's rug, George Bush's couches, in this story, Barack Obama's desk. Uh, that's. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> you would have to go into that one. Yeah. The Abraham Lincoln uh, bust that was last displayed by Barack Obama. Gerald Ford's uh, large uh, case, you know, grandfather clock. A portrait of Jefferson hung by Lyndon Johnson and Bill Clinton's drapes. Amen. Good. He didn't spend anything. What do you have? I love this. They have cleaned those drapes, right? <laughs> I don't know if they could get For everything sure. out of the rug, but they <laughs> did clean the drapes. Uh, here's another story that I would it'd be interesting to see the media cover. North Korea's cheerleaders that became the media darlings at the Winter Olympics. Yeah, it was a great story. They they really were passionate about, oh, great, uh, about the North they? Korean team. Yeah. 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 Uh, new report out of Bloomberg. Uh, apparently, they're also sex slaves for the dictatorship. Hmm. They have to attend daily parties to uh, promote propaganda, and they must provide sexual services to the party leadership, whether they want to or not. Might seem like a fancy show on the outside. However, they have to go to parties and provide sexual services, and that kind of pain follows. Oh, I wonder if anybody, you know, from the press would like to take it back that they were so funny and so cheery. Maybe they were just, they were very happy because they, that was a moment where they weren't doing that. <laughs> Clapping yes, for a team could. is a lot better a lot in unison better. than could what be. they had to do could at be. home. And there's one more uh, uh, there's one more uh, uh, story out. You remember the cat lady? from new york yeah 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 uh, she's come out in a new press uh, story and said i've never had any press uh, plastic surgery at all this is all natural <laughs> she made okay. with a cat <laughs> I, don't, I don't know glenn back mercury love courage truth glenn back mm. Abraham Lincoln said, I am a firm believer in the people. If given the truth, they can be depended upon to meet any national crisis. But the great point is to bring them the real facts. So we're going to do that this half hour. Let's let's start here with the facts about the hashtag never again movement and the upcoming March for our lives rally that is planned for March 24th in Washington, D.C. For uh, for over a week now, CNN and the rest of the media betrayed this movement as grassroots and totally tr- teen driven. 
And maybe it was at the very beginning, but it's not anymore. Just a few days after the horrible tragedy at Stoneman Douglas High School, a junior, Cameron Caskey, uh, set up a GoFundMe account to raise money for the March for Our Lives. Caskey is the teenager who confronted Senator Rubio on stage at CNN's Monster Truck Rally event last Wednesday night. And so far, 32,000 people have donated $2.5 million to go to the uh, GoFundMe account. 2.5. So you know that is more money than we raised by far for restoring honor on the National Mall. So what is this money going for? Well, on the GoFundMe page... Kasky says the funds will be spent on the incredibly difficult and expensive process that is organizing an event like this. How does she know how much it costs? We have people making more specific plans, but for now, know that this is the march and for everything left over is going to be going to victims funds. The March for Our Lives has now received an additional $3.5 million in pledges from George Clooney, Oprah Winfrey, Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg, Gucci, and Eli Broad. Cameron Kasky's father said that Cameron uh, and friends are being directed by people with knowledge of how to responsibly spend this money, and it's going to be very transparent, end quote. Well, I, I hope it's better than George Clooney's September 11th fund. Kasky's dad also said that with Clooney's help, the teens have been able to bring some attorneys in, some administrative help, and public relations firm, whose clients include Meryl Streep, Will Smith, Charlize Theron, Woody Allen. Hmm. Keep him away from the teenagers. So why do you need all of this if it's such a grassroots thing driven by teenagers? Because these are now 16-year-olds with over $6 million at their disposal. Already, the March for Our Lives rally has a slick website selling merchandise. This is a political campaign, make no mistake. The new spokesperson for the rally said, yes, yes, any leftover funds going towards supporting a continuing long-term effort by and for young people to end the academic epidemic of mass shootings that has turned our classrooms into crime scenes. In other words, March for Our Lives is essentially a new gun control lobbying firm. Started by 16-year-old kids, but not run by 16-year-old kids. And, by the way, my question would have been, you have an official spokesperson now? The teens have brought in Dina Katz to help organize the rally. Uh, Katz is the co-executive producer of Dancing with the Stars. Oh, and she was the co-executive director of the Los Angeles Women's March. Eh, no big deal. The rally is also being organized in collaboration with a nonprofit group called Every Town for Gun Safety. The advisory board of this group includes one former governor and six former mayors, all Democrats. It also includes Michael Bloomberg, Warren Buffett, and Kenneth Lair, who helped start the Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, oh, and the website, StopTheNRA.com. Kasky said the march in D.C. will include a, include a, a protest outside of the White House where they will destroy AR-15 rifles. He told CBS, at the end of the day, this isn't a red and blue thing. This isn't Democrats or Republicans. This is about everybody and how we're begging for our lives. Now, perhaps Kasky truly feels that way. 
but it's a crash course in how American politics and media work. This may have started as a teen cause, but it has been hijacked by very powerful forces on the left, and they have a very specific agenda. It's Monday, February 26th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Imagine, if this was on the other side, what the press would be saying about the funding if just one, just one of the Koch brothers would have written a check for $100,000. Imagine what the media would be saying. We want to stick to the facts. Uh, Fix reason firmly in her seat and question with boldness even the very existence of God. For if there be a God, he must surely rather honest questions over blindfolded fear. That was Thomas Jefferson, and that is the spirit of the Enlightenment. That was the spirit of America, but we have lost that. Now everybody's just trying to win. Well, let's stop trying to win, and let's actually start to figure out what is happening. There's something deep inside of our children that has changed. ARs have been available since Vietnam. Kids weren't shooting each other. What's happened to us? And let's get the facts on guns and the actual facts on what the proposals actually mean will they help our children be safer we go to john lott uh he has written an article he's also um, a co-author of uh, my book control he is the president of the crime prevention research center and probably the best mind on uh the stats around uh guns and gun control welcome to the program john how are you Doing okay, Glenn. Good to talk to you again. So, uh, John, let me just go through your article uh, piece by piece because facts are important. Um, The new hot number from the gun control advocates is that there have been 18 school shootings so far this year. Can you tell me about the 18 that have happened since the beginning of the year? Right. Well, I mean, it includes uh, gunshots fired on campus as well as those off of campus. Uh, Includes things like uh, a police officer who accidentally discharged his gun and nobody was harmed. It includes suicides uh, that may have occurred by an adult in the car parking lot that had nothing to do with the school. Somebody just driving by, pulling into the parking lot uh, and killing themselves. Uh, It includes a case where a a pellet gun uh, broke a window in a school bus uh, that was parked not even on actual school property, but in a a parking lot for buses. Um, You know, nobody was inside the bus at the time when the uh, pellet gun broke the window. You know, things that range from uh, annoying to, you know, minor cases to things that uh, don't have anything to do with guns uh, on campus. Uh, And you have you have uh, two of them that are kind of what would be these mass public shootings that get everybody's attention, where you had people killed uh, and uh, multiple people harmed. Uh, One was in Kentucky. Uh, and the other one was obviously in uh, in Florida. So what what everybody is saying they're looking for is an end to these. Um, and they're making all kinds of proposals. So let's take them one by one. First, more background checks. Right. Uh, before we get through the whole list, uh, I just want to 
say something. That is, I'm incredibly frustrated by this debate. I've been involved in this debate for 20 years. I had a piece in the Wall Street Journal back in 1998, in March 98, uh, calling for uh, getting rid of gun-free zones at schools, pointing out that we hadn't really had any of these attacks at schools until after 1995 when the uh, so-called Gun-Free School Zone Act was passed federally. And, um, you know, uh, I want to do something. I I don't want these things to ever occur again. But I want something that actually matters. The types of rules that you are asking me to go through right now, the one thing that they share in common is that they wouldn't have stopped these attacks. And yet they're the ones that people keep on pushing for even before we know what the facts were for a case. Right. I mean, so, we, we look at what happened with the sheriff and all of the all of the things that should have been done, could have been done, would have been done in other places. We had multiple opportunities to stop this shooter, even while he was shooting. And we didn't do him. Right. Well, I mean... It's cowardice and other things. Uh, you can have training. Uh, it's not clear that the sheriff's deputies had uh, proper training uh, in these cases. And, um, you know, but even beyond that, I, I want to replace these signs that we have at schools that say these schools are a gun-free zone with signs that you can see in places from Texas to Oklahoma mm-hmm. to Ohio and other places that mm-hmm. say warning. Uh, selective uh, staff or teachers at these schools uh, have weapons to be able to go and defend themselves and others. You know, we have 25 states in the United States that to varying degrees now allow uh, people to be able to carry uh, permit concealed handguns on the, the school grounds, you know, staff or teachers. Some are much more liberal in terms of allowing it than others, but in all those places that allow it, there's not one example of a school shooting occurring. There's no, you know, the fears that people have. If you listen to the discussion last week from people like uh, Senator Rubio to uh, the listening session that President Trump had, where people were saying, well, you know, teachers are emotional, was one of the arguments that were brought up against uh, Trump. Well, you know, you don't see any problems that occur. I know of one accidental discharge that occurred outside of school hours, uh, and that's it. You know, and that's over years, decades. And so, um, you know, uh, the discussion is often, well, let's put a police officer in a place. Uh, The problem is putting somebody in uniform is it may make you feel good, but it's an impossible job. Anybody who's read any of my books know that I think police are extremely important in stopping crime. I think police are the single most important factor. But to, if you put an officer in uniform to try to guard against these types of attacks, it's an impossible job. Putting somebody in uniform is like putting somebody there who has a neon sign above them that says, shoot me first. Because if he's the only person that has a weapon, these killers know that if they kill the police officer first, then they have nothing more to worry about. Then they're going to be free for some period of time until others are able to arrive on the scene. 
uh, to go and kill people. So, and John, so they th- take them out first. This is this is something that we clearly know as a society. It's why we protect the identity of air marshals. It's why we don't put a an armed uh, police officer in uniform on airplanes. We let them mix in so the bad guy never knows who the good guy is. We, do, we don't want to shoot out. Well, you certainly don't have a problem with a shootout in an airplane. And by the way, pilots, are they emotional? Because all the pilots had to be trained to use a weapon just in case the air marshal goes down. We didn't have a problem with that either. This is a, it's a bogus debate. Let, let me go through before we run out of time. Let me go through the, the things. The, for instance, more background checks. Tell me about why that won't work. Well, the one go-to law that from Obama through now and other times has been these background checks on private transfers. The deal is, there's, not only wouldn't it have been relevant for this attack in Florida, and people were calling for this like in an hour and a half after the attack, even before they knew how the killer had gotten his gun. Uh, there's not one mass public shooting this century or years before that would have been stopped if this law had been in effect. There's simply no cases where people have gotten the gun in this way that would have been stopped by the background check, even if it had been effective. Well, and let me so, let me you know, let me just one of these silly things that they push for. And uh, my own belief is the reason why they push for it is they just want to make it costly for law abiding citizens to get guns. They they know they've been asked a couple times by the media, uh, you know, to identify one case where this has mattered and. The response that you get from them is, well, we still need to try to do something. You know, maybe it might stop something in the future. And they can't point to one case in the past where it would have helped. How about the new assault weapon ban? Let's just ban these assault weapons, John. Let's just, I mean, nobody needs an assault weapon. Would this have helped? No, it wouldn't have. I mean, first of all, I'm not even sure... I hope the people are just ignorant and don't know how, what the guns are and how they operate. But, to, you know, the AR-15s are a semi-automatic rifle, small caliber semi-automatic rifle. They fire the same bullets with the same rapidity, doing the same damage as a small caliber hunting rifle. If you want to go and ban all semi-automatic guns, fine, let's talk about that. But to go and buy, I don't think it makes sense, and I can talk about it, but, but to try to go and buy some guns based on how they look just simply doesn't make any sense. Correct. Well, but you wouldn't have to ban the semi-automatic uh, handguns because a semi-automatic handgun, I learned from NBC News, um, it just doesn't travel as fast as a, as a rifle. And so a rifle will just kill the person with a handgun uh, much quicker. Well, if you look over the last decade, about 68% of the mass public shootings have involved solely handguns. If you include handguns in, used in part of the attack, you know, handguns with rifles, handguns with shotguns, uh, it makes up uh, about 84% of the attacks involved handguns in some way. And so, you know, all they're going to do is they'll ban you know, maybe they could ban all rifles and then they'll come back and they'll say, well, we need to ban all handguns. You know, what, what people need to talk about are the costs and benefits of guns. So when they go and they say, let's ban guns for people under age 21. Well, 
it's horrible that this 19-year-old uh, killed people. And we should do things to try to stop it, things that we know will work. But the thing is, lots of law-abiding 20-year-olds use guns to protect themselves and their families. And the problem that you ultimately face is that if you were going to say ban guns from a particular area or ban guns for particular people, it's the law-abiding good citizens who obey those rules and not the criminals. It's the reason why we've been having these attacks after we've created these gun-free zones. John Lott uh, from the Crime Prevention Research Center. His latest book is The War on Guns, Arming Yourself Against Gun Control Lies. Uh, He is the best on the stats. You need to have that book in your library. Thanks, John. I love my truck, and I've reached the point to where I'm going to drive my truck until the doors fall off, but I don't want to pay for the doors to be replaced if I can I can help it. I have extended vehicle coverage protection from CarShield. Getting coverage uh, from uh, CarShield is a an affordable protection that can save you thousands of dollars for a covered repair. A new fuel pump, $500. Replacing water pump, $1,000. You need repairs to a control arm or a torque converter, which I don't even know what it is. I don't even know if it exists, but if they tell me I need one, well, I'm going to pay for it. Even They even have plans for your car's computer, your GPS, electronics. It's Car Shield. I have it on my car. You should have it on your car. If your car doesn't have warranty, you can sign up today. Car Shield. I want you to call this number. You'll get 24-7 roadside assistance. If something goes wrong, 1-800-CAR-6100. You've got Car Shield protection. 1-800-CAR-6100. Call them now. Use the promo code BECK and save an additional 10%. 1-800-CAR-6100 or carshield.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Okay, there's a story that I had a really hard time understanding, uh, and it's probably probably because I'm not a sports fan. Yeah, yeah. You're not big into sports. You no, don't, you probably don't recognize how difficult this is. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a really really big deal. Mac mm-hmm. Beggs uh, won. Second straight, second straight class six A Texas championship in in girls wrestling. Uh, she went thirty two and zero during the season. Wait, and uh, Matt I mean did? what a Mac, yeah, Mac, uh, Mac begs, yeah. Um, so wait, Matt, incredible achievement. Now uh, to win one championship at this level is very difficult. Right, but to go undefeated thirty two and zero and win a second straight six A championship in Texas, right? That's all. That's incredible. And people are, are not acknowledging how difficult that would be to achieve. Well, uh, if you, and maybe wait, it's just you, because people don't follow female you wrestling. Him and, a, you called him a him and you called him a her. What was that? Hmm? You called him a him and a her. Why did you? See, why? I, this, is, this is the part that I had a hard time following. Is mm-hmm. is he wrestling girls mm-hmm. or or is she wrestling girls? Yes. That's your answer, yes. More in a minute. Glenn Beck Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
Are you really not taking any responsibility for the multiple red flags that were brought to the attention of the Broward Sheriff's mm. Office about this shooter before the incident, whether it was people near him, close to him, calling the police Jake, on him? I could all- Jake, I could only take responsibility for what I knew about. I exercise my, my due diligence. I've given amazing leadership to this agency. Amazing leadership? Uh, I work... <laughs> Yes, Jake. Yes. Uh, this mm. is, there's, there's a lot of things we've done throughout. This, uh, this is uh, you, you don't uh, measure uh, a person's leadership by a deputy not going into a. These deputies received the training they needed. <laughs> Maybe they you measure somebody's leadership equip- by whether or not they protect the community. In this mm. case, you've listed 23 incidents before the shooting involving the shooter, and. Still, nothing was done <laughs> to keep guns out of his hands, to make sure that there were, the school was protected, to make sure you were keeping an eye on him. Your deputy at the Jay school failed. Sit. I don't understand how you can sit there and claim amazing Jay. leadership. Jake wow. Tapper. Oof. Pat Gray. Thoughts. Yes. I love Jake Tapper, and we've said it many times. Um, sometimes he'll be agonizing to us, mm-hmm. and then other times... He'll be agonizing to the left. He yeah. treats everybody. He's an actual journalist. Yeah, I think he, so, he too. He actually asks hard questions. Yeah. I, I, I think he could have. I think he was put in an impossible situation at the town hall. He was. Uh, but that's not his fault. That's right. CNN's fault. And, and, and he, he held the sheriff's feet to the fire nonstop for about, what, 20 minutes? Oh, oh it's, it's more I think than it was more than that. 28 minutes, I think I mean, it was. Can you straight? imagine that? <laughs> the poor sheriff. I mean, poor sheriff. I don't mean it that way. The sheriff, his mouth was so dry, he was starting to look like Anita Dunn. <laughs> Where, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot With her. the lizard tongue. With the lizard yeah, tongue. Was he great. was His mouth was dry. He knew he was in the, trouble. I was surprised he didn't say, is there a commercial break you have to go to <laughs> or anything? He, he did shut Jake down, though. On, he did? On one question. Oh, yeah, really? when he was asked, and I think we have the audio, yeah, we do. when he was asked about... Whether or not, if they would have followed up on any of this stuff, could this have been averted? Mm. And he was pretty powerful. Here we go. Play it. Mm. Do you think that if the Broward Sheriff's Office had done things differently, this shooting might not have happened? Listen, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, uh, you know, uh, O.J. Simpson would still be in the record books. I don't know what that means. There's 17 dead people and there's (laughs) a whole long list of things your department. Oh, my gosh, Jake, you are just (laughs) so good. Wow. That's if if and buts were candy and nuts. O.J. Simpson would first O.J. Simpson is still in the record books. (laughs) Yes, he is. A hundred percent. Uh, now six people have outrushed him in a season, so right. he's moved down. He moved down a little they bit. Maybe that's the what schedule. he means. Yeah. But that wasn't due to ifs and buts, no, was it? No, I, it was more the fifteenth and sixteenth game of the season, which they added on after he had the two thousand yard season. Uh, probably the specifics there. Yeah, well, sheriff, you asked for it. You got it, Toyota. What do you think of that? <laughs> Let me try this on you. Don't forget, hire the vet. Okay, it's amazing. That's all I got to say to you. I have to tell you, I love the slogan wars. I like that. Yeah. Is there clear eyes, full hearts can't lose? All right, sheriff, all right. deal with that, won't you? Four out of five dentists recommend Crest or, or Trident. One of them. Uh, one of them. One I don't them know. Something they agree. Four out of five agree on something. And the, uh, we know that one of them wants you to eat more sugared uh, snacks. Right. We know that. Why do they? Is there, I don't know. What do in that poll. I don't think there was a better shutdown than that. I don't yeah. Because so, it was, yeah, it was, it wasn't for effect. Yeah. It was true. It was righteous indignation. I don't even know what that means 
and there are 18 dead people. Right. Oh, that was oh powerful. my gosh. Yeah, really. That was that was really rough. I mean, uh, you know, and look, I don't think and that justified. Very, I think there's very little desire, and, and Jake Tapper's an exception, I think, to this. But there's very little desire to actual real conversation uh, up on this topic. You were on CNN mm-hmm. this weekend, and you kind of talked about that. Uh, you were on with uh, Brian Stelter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have a clip of it uh, here uh, talking about. I didn't do myself any favors. No, I don't think CNN really liked you that yeah, much after no, this. No, well, they although, didn't like me in the first place. I mean, with anybody. I don't think I made anybody happy. That's kind of your that's kind of my story, deal. isn't that it? Is, yeah, it? It is. It is kind of your life story. Yeah. Uh, here it is from CNN. We we can't read only the things that we agree with. We have to have conversations calm conversations that make us uncomfortable we have to have that you've talked on your programs also, in the past I, about be, the- be honest with you can i be honest no let me be honest with you on one thing too yeah. and this is something that you're not going to want to hear <laughs> cnn um had a right and a responsibility to have that conversation that town hall the town but hall. when you added a room full when you added what 2,000, 5,000 people that were grieving and angry, mm-hmm. you did nothing. You, you made things worse. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if you wanted to have that conversation, then let's have that conversation in a, in a calm way. But adding it, uh, adding the crowd, it became the Christians and the lions. It was despicable and grotesque. But you would have told the students to shut? Nice. You would have told them to shut nice. up? Listen to that. No, I would, I would have said... This is too uh, raw right now to have a stadium full of people. Let's just, you pick the people, you have the kids that want to talk, and let's have that conversation in a small room without the cheering crowds. It's why I won't go on Bill Maher. Bill Maher has asked me for years to go on his program. I won't because it is just the cheering crowd. Somebody's trying to win. Martin Luther King would not have done that. Martin Luther King would have had the discussion without the cheering crowds. Don't try to win. Look for reconciliation. That's great. And you're right. That's the only way. People ask all the time, especially lately. I think there's a good number of people who really want to try to come together and figure this out. And not scream at each other. It just feels different in a couple of ways. Yeah. And and that's the answer. But we're not going to get to it. If so, we're continually screaming I'd at each other. I'd love to have this conversation with you, uh, Pat, but I, I think that mm-hmm. we have, I think we've come to the end of the period of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Everything that this country was mm-hmm. based on was the honest search for truth, empirical truth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to listen to a church tell me that they have all this power that they can do these things because god gives them the power and so i must fall in line i'm not going to listen to a king tell me he's got all this power because of god Mm -hmm. i'm not going to listen to magicians i want empirical fact now if you want to go on faith that's fine but keep your faith out of the control of the government the government and uh, and and faith should not mix when it says when it when it when it comes down to control of people's lives mm. and we looked for the truth and let the chips fall where they may we don't look for that anymore we're not looking we're not interested no you're looking for the win it's exactly right i i mm-hmm. i am sick of winning if this is what <laughs> winning feels like i am sick of winning 
And we've mm. been playing it now for over 20 years. And I'm sick of it. Yeah. And no one wants to have yeah. honest conversations. I mean, you know, this is a problem. I, I, I bring the, let me give you these two audio clips. The, I, these are specifically uh, selected for Pat Gray's enjoyment. Here. <laughs> okay. Because I, these two moments back to back in the same interview tells a heck of a story of where we've been over the last week. Here's uh, David Hogg, one of the students who's been on every show imaginable, also was on the same show as, as you were on uh, this week um, on CNN with Brian Stelter, talking about uh, Dana Lash and the NRA. What Dana's trying to do, the I believe she's the CEO of the NRA, she's trying to distract people. If you listen to her talk... She's, she's, she's not, a national spokeswoman for the NRA. Exactly. She's national spokeswoman, and as exactly. such, she's a national propagandist for the NRA. Mm. If you listen to her speak, you, she just, she's not really saying anything. She's sounding mm. positive and confident, and that's what she wants the people in the NRA to believe. She wants people in Congress to pass laws that help out with mental health and things like that, and she says that she can't do that. Are you kidding me? You own these politicians. You've mm. passed legislation mm. that enables these bum stocks, which, by the way aren't allowed at NRA shooting ranges because they're too dangerous. That's how bad they are. But continuing on with my point, she wants Congress to take action and she says that they won't. Are you kidding me? She owns these congressmen. She can get them to do she, things. She, she, she doesn't them. care about these yeah. children's mm. lives. Mm. Okay, I mean, so he didn't even know who she was. Right, no, but, she, he, but he does know that, that she, she owns Congress. He and does. she doesn't care about children's lives, which is right. odd because she has children, yeah. but she doesn't yeah. care about that children's interesting. lives. Right. Interesting. And she's, she's, she owns people, even though she just started with the NRA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was working with us. <laughs> I didn't know she had all of those politicians in the pocket. Yeah, she should have passed stuff for us. What the hell is happening? Wouldn't that have been nice? It would have been really great. More cable channels, yeah. probably, right? Damn it. <laughs> okay, so, but again, here's a guy, kid who's put out there as an expert uh, by every media source. Uh, here's the guy. He's got all the passion. He's the guy. We got to take him seriously. We have to respect all of his views. We can't say one word of criticism of what he says because mm -hmm. that means you're, you just don't care about children. You don't care about the victims of this. Later on, he's asked not about the NRA, but about the mass disaster that has been Broward County Sheriff uh, uh, Steve, uh, Scott, uh, what's his name? Israel. 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 I can only think of Sheriff Israel. Um, and uh, so he he's asked about that. Here's what he says. Are you concerned that you might actually lose support if you get too personal, too incendiary? Well, she's already done that by attacking uh, Sheriff Scott Israel, who obviously there were some major mistakes made here and ones that we have to yeah. look into. Um, and um, I don't want to say anything until after the investigation's oh, done because I oh, don't know what happened. Oh. I'm just a student that had to witness this horrifying incident. Huh. But honestly, how can you say that you support law enforcement if you're just constantly attacking them over this? How oh hypocritical and disgusting are you? These are the people that are trying to protect our lives. Did they make a mistake? Absolutely. Is that something that we have to fix? Absolutely. Hmm. But there's a much bigger problem in Washington. Okay, so he's wow. so when when it's about the NRA, he knows everything about them. He knows yeah. that Dana's the CEO and owns all of these politicians, despite her just starting this position pretty recently. Um, but he's when it comes to the the, the police, wait for the he's investigation. Just he's just a student. I you don't know. What, what do I, I know? What is he? Just a student. You can't ask him those questions. He's mm. just a kid. That was kind of my point from the beginning. Well, that's I why I specifically <laughs> here's what I here's what I here's what I can't again get my arms around. Um, so what did I say to Brian? I said to Brian, you know, to have these em emotional crowds was not a good thing. You mm -hmm. want to have them on? Great. Let them talk. And his response was, so you, you think we should have, you think Jake should have just said, shut up? No, that's not what I said. No, it's not what you said. I didn't at all. say that. And that, that's really disrespectful. You were, you were talking about the kids, yeah, in well, fact. You were yeah. talking about the audience. Yeah, the crowd. Yeah, I, I, the crowd. I, I, well, I don't know what 
Jake is supposed to do once no, the crowd's in late. the room. The, 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 it's, decision, it's and the problematic decision is the crowd being there. And not... not, not That's CNN's decision right, up front. Not the representation of these families. Like, if you had the... You could have been in there in a, in a room like Trump did. He did a listening session with people who were, invo- who were victims of the shooting. And, and there wasn't screaming over the top of right, each other either. Because it was calm. It was yeah. calm discourse. You put in 5,000 people, all of which it's are to there to just yell at Dana and at her position at the NRA. It's a, it's a recipe for disaster, and they should have recognized that. Okay. So, so he doesn't, he won't listen to that. Um, and once, you know, if you, if you say we shouldn't have had the arena then that's akin to saying we have to tell these kids to shut up. We have to take these kids. They have a right to be listened to. Mm -hmm. They don't have a right to be listened to unchecked. You had Brian Seltzer. Stelter. Stelter. I can never say his name because I always think of Brian Setzer. Um, oh, the orchestra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have Brian sitting there. Straight and who's cat. sitting next to the other on the other side of this kid? Dan frickin' Rather. Mm. <laughs> and you hear this kid <laughs> make this argument that Dana is, you know, the NRA, which is a little ridiculous. Um, more than a little ridiculous. Uh, and then you have him uh, stick up for this sheriff who nobody in their right mind is sticking up for the sheriff. No one in their right mind is sticking up for the sheriff. And there's no discussion at all on, there's no pushback on him mm-hmm. on, on saying, how, how does this make sense? I thought you wanted this to stop. And, and what makes you think that passing a ban on some guns is going to make any of this stop there's no evidence of that and here's some things that we could take of take care of right now because there could be another shooting in your county if this is happening with the sheriff's department there's no no pushback at all no yeah well and i think the reason why the the advocacy groups and a lot of the media really like these kids that are, uh, you know, were uh, victims of this, or at least at the school when this occurred, is because of that. You can't push back. You can't push back on the argument. So the arguments get smooth sailing. They get mm-hmm. this nice, clear, empty highway to just drive down and say every liberal blog statement that's ever been put out there without anybody saying anything. Because obviously you can't push back. The kid obviously doesn't know these points. Right. He's just, he's obviously reading blogs and just he's spouting being out. Exploited. He's being exploited by the left. He's being a 16-year-old that is being given a national platform. That's what's happening. It's definitely not a word of criticism to him personally, but you have to be able to push back on the points, or there's no point in having him on. May I remind you, though, only you can prevent forest fires. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, Pat. Do you remember the Equifax uh, data breach? It exposed social security numbers, names, and birth dates over 145 million customers. Uh, apparently, it was more sensitive uh, than we thought. It was it was worse than we thought. Much more was exposed. Documents provided now to Senate committee reveal that tax IDs and driver's license details were also accessed. This has exposed the information that can be used by cyber criminals long after the breach. There's so many threats in today's connected world, and it takes one weak link for the whole thing to come apart. 
That's why the new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help protect you against the threats to your identity and to your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. And if you have a problem, their agents are going to work to fix it. Nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but now LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats that you might miss. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK. Get an extra 10% off your first year. That's promo code back. An extra 10% off now at lifelock.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. I'm going to do the media's job for him uh, tonight at 5 o'clock. We are going to be looking at the questions that really need answering on this, uh, this, this Florida shooting. Uh, and in particular, this this sheriff. There's something really wrong there. Yeah, taking it from the big picture and the small picture today. What are some of these weird inconsistencies in the stories around the shooting? We'll get into those tonight at five thirty on the Blaze or five at the Blaze TV, and then five thirty the news and why it matters. Glenn Beck, Mercury.